All right, anybody excited about the word? Thank you, Hector. Thank you, Hector. Amen, amen. All right, here's the quote this morning. Ready? Enjoy present pleasures in such a way as to not injure future ones. Oh, I don't know what that was. Somebody passed out. It wasn't that good. I mean, enjoy present pleasures in such a way as to not injure future ones. I want to speak to you this morning about making good choices. Is that all right? In a message titled Present Pleasures. Present Pleasures. We left off last week in our, in our study. We've been doing a study of Genesis. I want to jump right in because it's some exciting stuff is going to happen right here. We left off last week um, with Isaac and Rebecca, right? And, and they were praying for their heart's desire to have children. And in this prayer, 20 years, after 20 years of being barren and not being able to have kids, God answers the prayer of Isaac and Rebecca, and she has this intense pregnancy. And, you know, not having ever been pregnant myself, I, I, I can't really, you know, sympathize, but I imagine this pregnancy was something different than what you guys have felt before. It was an intense pregnancy. There was battling and fighting going on inside of her. And so she goes to God about it, and, and God tells her, there's two nations in your womb. So she, God tells her prophetically, many commentators think that she went to Abraham to inquire of the Lord and, and through Abraham, but it doesn't matter. Either way, God told her prophetically that she will have twins. God told her there's two, not only two kids in your belly, but there's two nations in your belly, in your womb. And so God, you know, God tells her, and remember we, we spoke about how Rebecca is a picture of the church, and so the, you know, being the bride of Christ, and so those two sons was a picture of those that would follow hard after God, and those that would be more concerned with the things of this world, in the church. So it's a picture of those concerned with the things of God and those that are consumed with present pleasures. Let's, let's pick up the story in Genesis 25, 24. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Genesis 25. Say, God, tell me something. It's always good to check and make sure I'm not making this stuff up. If you ever hear me making it up, you should leave. Amen? All right, Genesis 25, 24, it says this way. When her days to give birth were completed, behold, there were twins in her womb. Remember, there was no sonograms back then. You, you, you know that, right? She didn't have this little, you know, black and white smudge of a picture to put on Facebook and say, look at my baby. Doesn't it look like daddy? All right, how many of you have seen that, right? People, people say that. Say, no, it looks like a kidney bean. It doesn't look like... It doesn't look like you. It doesn't look like him. It looks like a little mashed potato. All right, anyway. So, so it, it happens. She gives birth, and they are twins. So the prophetic word was right, right? So, and, and it says, verse 25, The first came out red, and all his body was hairy like a cloak. Somebody said, I had an ugly kid. Right? I'm sure mommy said he was gorgeous, he's beautiful, but that's an ugly kid. He was hairy like a cloak. 
And so they called his name Esau, and then afterwards his brother came out with his hand holding Esau's heel, and so his name was Jacob. And so Esau refers to the hairiness of one kid, and Jacob refers to the way he was holding the heel of his brother. See, back then there was a term called the heel catcher, and uh, it, it's like the... the, the the symbol of like a con man, like somebody that's, you know, he'll trip up your heel to make you trip. You know, it's kind of a deceiver, kind of. And so Esau meant that and Jacob meant that. And so the prophetic word given to Rebekah came to pass. There were twins in, 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 her, in her womb, but God didn't say there were two kids. God said there were two nations. And so we later find out that the Edomites were the offspring of Esau and the Israelites were the offspring of Jacob. And so now the, the Edomites and the Israelites, you know, have been from the beginning very, two very different kind of people. They were different in their manners and their customs and even their religion. Two from one, same mother and father, but totally different. The religion of the Israelites we know, right, the Jews, that, that's well known. But the Edomites, they became idolaters. They were serving many different gods. Throughout history, and, and, you know, they were at war with the Israelites for many years. The Edomites, they, they started out as a very powerful nation, but we read in First Chronicles 19 how when David became king, he, he uh, subdued the Edomites first in battle by killing 18,000 of them, and then by putting up walls throughout all of Edom so that they would become subjects to him. Fulfilling the prophetic word that says the older would serve the younger. You see, everything we read in Scripture gets fulfilled. That's the beauty of Scripture. Whenever we read something in the Old Testament and whenever we see history, boom, if God said it was going to happen, it happens. That's the awesome part about Scripture. And that's, you know, people say, well, oh, man wrote that. Man, man is not smart enough. To, to predict something, to say something exactly how it's going to happen and have it happen exactly as he said it would happen. See, that's the beauty of Scripture. And when, when, when you kind of just open up your heart and your eyes to it, you change. And you look at the Word differently. And, and that, that's all we're asking here is that you would look at the Word differently. So, all right, the story continues. Verse 27, it says, When the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter. He was a man of the field, right? He was like a big dude. I imagine him a big, hairy, ugly guy, right? But strong. He was a hunter. He was a man of the field. Jacob was like a pretty boy, kind of. He was a quiet man. He dwelled in tents, the word says. And the word says in verse 28, Isaac loved Esau. That was a man's man, right? But Rebekah loved Jacob. Now, that's a, that's a rough thing to say about parents, right? This one loves this one, and this one loves that one. And we're going to see that that division is going to cause great heartache, both now and later on, even through their generations. It's going to cause a lot of heartache. Verse 29, it says, Once when Jacob was cooking stew, check out the story. Look what happens here. Lean in, lean in. This is a crazy story. Listen. Once when Jacob was cooking stew, Jacob's home cooking, watching Rachel Ray on TV, right? And, and Esau's out hunting. So once when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field and he was exhausted. And so Esau said to Jacob, give me some of that red stew. Because I am exhausted. And Jacob said, sell me your birthright. 
Esau said, I'm about to die. What use is my as a birthright to me? I'm about to die. And so let, let's get into real quick what is a birthright because that matters. And, you know, Puerto Ricans and, you know, African-American, we, we, don't, we don't really practice this birthright thing. So let's, let's kind of find out what it is, right? Anybody want to know? I, I'm glad you asked. Good. The, the birthright, it differed from times and cultures, but basically it came down to three things. The birthright was the functions of the priesthood for the family. See, remember we learned in the New Testament how the, the husband is the priest of the home? Well, when the husband gets to the point where he's going to pass, it's, he passes the priesthood down to the eldest son. So the birthright is the role of the priest. It gets passed down, the priesthood. The second thing the birthright was usually in most of these scenarios was a double portion of the inheritance. So whatever the family had, whatever goods, when the, when the husband was about to pass, when daddy was about to go, all his belongings were split and the older would get a double portion. That's the birthright. The third thing that the birthright usually was, was the authority of the father. So when you pass down the authority, meaning if the father was a king, the son would step into the king. You know, he would step into the authority of the father. And this was usually handed down through a prayer that they normally called the father's blessing. Now, I started thinking about that, and this really kind of bothered me. This started got me thinking a lot. And I said, man, could it be the reason today that people got daddy issues? Could it be the reason today that people have problems relating to God as their father? It's partly because somewhere along the line we stopped doing this. Somewhere along the line we, we stopped giving the Father's blessing. Somewhere, see, in, instead of a blessing, some of us got abuse. Am I talking to anybody? You guys awake? In, instead of a blessing, some of us got neglect. In, instead of a blessing, some of us got generational curses passed down. Through our, through our lines, from our dads. And I started thinking about that and I said, man, how can we get a blessing from a man who was never there to begin with? How can we get a blessing from a man who has no relationship with God for himself? See, we're, we're talking in these times. Back then, this was kind of so close to God. It was so close to, to the big miracles that people saw. Everybody believed in something. There were no atheists in this time. Everybody believed in something. They had seen things. Either they had seen the magic of false gods, or they had seen the miracles of the true God. But, but back then, we believed in something. Today, you know, we're, we're, we're so scientific and we're so smart and so clever that we think, I don't need to believe in nothing. Right? I think it just, everything just works the way it is. You know, the earth just rotates the way it is. It was a big bang. Everything just happens. I came from a monkey. So now I could act like one. See, but, but, but at, at this point, it was different. You know, they, the, the, general, the father's blessing was passed down. But how can we get a blessing from a person who doesn't even know how to be blessed? And so we, we're in a, in a sad state of affairs, aren't we? I mean, some of us have some awesome dads, and that's, and that's beautiful. Right? My kids are saying, yeah. I should have heard a big amen from them back there. 
But church, listen, we need to stand in wherever we can and release the Father's blessing over a fatherless generation. Two people got excited about that? Come on, we need to step in and, and release the blessing over a, gener- a fatherless generation so that they can be the royal priesthood in their homes. We need to step in and release the blessing so that they can stand in the official authority that God has for them. We need to release a blessing so that they can stand and, and receive a double portion of God's inheritance. I mean, does anybody want this generation to, to have what God wants for them? Does anybody want this, this generation, your sons and your daughters, your sons and daughters, sons and daughters, do you want them standing in the authority that God has for them? Or, you, or do you want them just, just smoking weed and sagging their pants and just, just, just walking like the culture does? I don't know about you, but I want to speak to a fatherless generation and I want to impart the Father's blessing. Amen? But instead, we're so caught up with our present pleasures. Let's examine our hearts this morning. So Jacob, hungry for the blessing, tells Esau, sell me your birthright. Give me this thing. I want the godly inheritance. I want the, the, the double portion. I want the, the priesthood. I want the role of the priest in this family. Give me that your birthright. And Esau says, he's a big guy. Well, I'm hungry. Just, man, just take it. What good is it? Is it? I'm, I, all I want is some food right now. I, all I want is to satisfy what I, have, what I need right now. So Jacob says, well, swear to me now. And so he swore to him and he sold his birthright to Jacob. And then listen. So then Jacob gave Esau bread and stew. He ate and drank and rose and went his way, the word says. Notice how the word describes the whole action. He ate and drank and rose and went his way. Did you see, there was no care about what just happened. You you know how sometimes when we do the things that we shouldn't do, we kind of feel bad about it? Anybody? If you don't, we really need you to come to the prayer room after. Because something's wrong. Because you've grown cold. So, so, you know, we, we usually, you know, there's a, there's a regret that we have over things that we did that we knew were wrong. And if you know anything, the word says that, you know, when we become a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And so that's a conviction that that Holy Spirit inside of us just confirms to us that what we're doing is wrong. And, and it, it, it lets us know, it gives us that uneasy feeling that what you're doing, is, the problem is when we silence that, when we ignore it so long, it gets lower and lower. Do wrong and just keep doing wrong. And everything's good. We could drink and eat and get up and go like nothing. Because we've come so cold. We stay in the wrong for so long that we forget it's wrong. Anybody been there? Thank you for being honest. So Esau sold his blessing for a soup. He eats it and he's satisfied. Now, family, we have to be really careful with the decisions that we make 
and the things that we do after we make those decisions. But Esau, the word says, despised his birthright. The, the definition of despise, it, it's a Latin word. It means to look down at. So the, the, the thing that God has for him, he looked down at it. The blessings that God had, he looked down at it. The, the inheritance that he could have, he looked down at it. It says he despised it. Now, you can say what you want to about Jacob. Was it sneaky? Yeah. Anybody agree? That's some sneaky stuff. That's some shady stuff right there, right? Was it wrong? Probably. Was it deceitful? You don't know the half. I'm going to skip to chapter 27 to tell you the full story, and, and, and so you see what happens. Look, after he had sold the birthright, later on, Isaac is about to die. He thinks at his age, that, you know, he's old, he can't see anymore, he's blind. He figured, I'm about to die. It's time for me to pass the birthright on, right? And so he, he calls Esau to him privately, and he tells him, Esau, listen, I'm about to... I'm about to pass. And so what I want you to do is go out, hunt like you do. That's, the, that's why I love you because you go out and you get that, the game, right? The, you, you bring that thing. I want you to hunt it and prepare a, a feast for me. We're going to sit and we're going to eat it together. And then <clears throat> once we eat it together, I'm going to release the Father's blessing on you. So Esau said, yeah, I can be in it. This is the time, right? And so he goes out. Problem is Rebecca heard that. And so Rebecca heard him say that. Rebecca runs to, to Jacob and said, listen, your father just told him to go out and hunt and, and get him game. And when he comes back, he's going to, you know, eat together and he's going to release the blessing. So here's what we're going to do so that you can get the blessing. This is shady novella stuff right here. He, he says, so he, he tells her, she tells him, Go to, to our flock and bring, bring two goats. And we're going to kill those goats. I'm going to prepare uh, the, the meal. And then you're going to go in pretending to be him. And you're going to eat with him. And he's going to get the blessing because the, the viejo is blind. He can't see. So it's all good. It's going to work out. But Jacob says, but wait a minute, wait a minute. What if, what if, what if um, he, he touches me? Remember, Esau was hairy like a goat. And, 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 um. Jacob, you know, waxed his arms. He was, a, he was a pretty boy. He was metro, real, real chulo. You know, he was papi chulo all the time. His, his robes were pressed, you know, nice. The other guy always stunk like blood and nasty stuff, right? Gutting deers and whatever, right? So he says, what if, what if, what if papi recognizes me? He touches me. He's going to know it's not. See, and, and then instead of a blessing, I'm going to get a curse. His mother says, listen, let the curse be on me. Don't worry about it. Here's what we're going to do. Just go do what I tell you to do. And so he goes and he gets the goats and, and kills them. She takes the goats and she takes the skin of the goat and she ties it onto his arms. This is some Hannibal Lecter stuff right here. She takes the skin of the goats, ties them to his arms, and ties it to the back of his neck. And so now he's walking in. She dresses them in Esau's clothes. So she puts on Esau's um, best clothes, and so now he has on his brother's clothes, and he has on these big, furry, bloody, you know, skins on his arms and on his neck. And he goes in, he says, knock, knock, and Papi says, who's there? He says, Esau. 
and, and I brought you food. Come on, get up and eat with me so that we can eat and you can give me the blessing. And, and the father says, man, it, it, are you sure this is Esau? And he says, of, of course it's Esau. And he says, well, how'd you get the goat so quick? I just sent you out. He said, well, the Lord has blessed me. See, fam, when, when we start with the little lies, you never know how far you're going to go. When you start with the small stuff, you never know. See, look, sin will take you farther than you want it to go, keep you longer than you want it to stay, right? And so, so he, he, um, he tells them, of course it's me. God helped me get it so quick, and that's why God has blessed me. And so they go on, and they're eating, and, and he, 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 um, Isaac says, man, it's Jacob's voice, but it's, I mean, it's Jacob's voice, but it's Esau's hands. And he says again, are you sure this is Esau? And Jacob says, it's me. It is me. It is Esau. And so they ate and they drank. And it says when they hugged, you know, he, he felt the fur on the back of his head. And he said, yeah, this is my son. And it smells like the earth. I got the kick, right? You got to... It smells like the outdoors. This is truly my son. And so he gives him the father's blessing. Look, as soon as he's done, Jacob leaves with the blessing. He's got everything released to him. Esau gets there with the food. And Esau says, Dad, get up, arise, and eat. We're going to eat together and bless. And, and Esau says, okay, okay, what happened? What do you mean? Who are you? And he tells him the story. He tells him what what, you know, what Jacob had just done. And so it says when Isaac finds out what happens, he trembles. He cries. Esau cries bitterly. He says, Dad, can't you bless me? Don't you have anything left for me? See, all of a sudden Esau's concerned with the blessing. Meanwhile, he sold it some time back for a can of soup. Now he's concerned about the blessing. Family, don't let that be your story. Don't let that be your story that, that now when you can have it, you despise the blessing. Young people, please listen to me. Please stop texting. Please take a, a, a earphone out your ear and please just hear this. Don't let that be your story. That you sat in church only to get with the shorties and to meet new people. That you sat here and, and listened and were, had the opportunity to get the blessing, but despised it. And then when the time came that you wanted the blessing, when the time came that you needed the blessing, there's no more blessing left for you. This is worse than any soap opera or show you could watch today. This is, listen, for a bunch of spiritual people, this family is a hot mess. Aren't they? This is like the best picture of a dysfunctional family that you can, you can find in the Bible. Jacob and Rebecca, they're obviously going about it wrong. Jacob wants the blessing, but he's going about it the wrong way. Remember the prophetic word? God already said who would be greater and who would serve who. So God would have worked it out one way or another. He was gonna get the he was gonna get the blessing. He was gonna get the birthright. God would have worked it out, but but they went about it all wrong. But it's not just them. Everybody here is wrong. Esau had already sold his birthright for Campbell's soup because it meant nothing to him. And how about Isaac, Mister Holy Isaac? Isaac knows 
the word that was spoken over the boys, and yet he thinks he's blessing the older, saying, be Lord over your brothers. So he's playing against God's word. So he's a hot mess. So in the end, Isaac trembles, Esau cries, Jacob gets the blessing, but he has to run from his life, and Rebekah loses both of her sons. The only thing that remains true is what God said in the beginning. See, God's word at the end is the only thing that will be true. And so even though Jacob was guilty of scheming in the flesh to gain something God already said was his, there can be no doubt that the Bible, both the Old Testament and the New Testament, it places the greater blame for what happened on Esau. The way Jacob handled it and the things that he did to get it are in no way justifiable. Don't get me wrong. They were wrong, dead wrong. But we see even here in this dysfunctional, incredible family mess, ultimately what mattered, what was remembered and referred to throughout scriptures was whose heart was in the right place. Listen to this because some of you blown it already. I'm not judging. I'm speaking from the same place. Ultimately, what mattered was the heart condition of each one. And like it or not, Jacob, as messed up as he was, as wrong as it all was, apparently Jacob desired the blessing and Esau despised it. Jacob wanted the blessings of God, while the New Testament tells us that Esau was a profane person and a fornicator. Isn't that an ugly thing to be said about you? Imagine your history, all people could say about you was he was a profane person and a fornicator. Wow. That's great. He was a, the total picture of a man controlled and dominated by his desires, by his appetites. A man only concerned with the present pleasures of the flesh. Listen, we find later Esau and his descendants will always be referred to as Edomites. Edom means red. And so when he asked for that stew, he said, give me some of that red. Give me the red. And so he was named and his people were named after his sin. They weren't called Esauites. They were called Edomites. After the sin where he sold his birthright. See, you could let sin name you or you could let God name you. Please hear this. Because Jacob's descendants were called Israelites. Because later we'll read how Jacob had his name changed to Israel. So see, sin could change your name or God could change your name. People are ruined not so much by what they've done wrong as by doing it and not repenting. Doing it and standing on it. Listen, if there's one thing I want you to walk away with today, forget, if you will, all the drama behind it. Forget all the, 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 the soap opera-ness about it. Let's push away from all that we got to, all that we did to get to where we are right now. And just allow God to change your name. Listen, I don't ever want to be known as the jerk that I once was. The appearance of Facebook scared me to death. 
because it made me reconnect with people that knew me by my other names. Amen? And I don't want to be known by those names. I want to be known by my new names. I want to be known by the names that God calls me. See, God calls me friend. God calls me his. God calls me blessed. God calls me highly favored. God calls me son. He calls me beloved. He calls me courageous. He calls me strong. He calls me holy. He calls me washed. He calls me cleansed. He calls me victorious. He calls me an overcomer. He calls me good. He calls me perfect. You could be called Edom today. After something in the flesh that mastered you. Or you could wrestle with God's way and take on a new title. Take on some new names. See, even if you and I weren't given the blessings of our earthly fathers... Even if we're from different cultures and, you know, we don't even understand what a father's blessing would look like because they probably never got one either. We've been given a spiritual birthright from our heavenly father. See, check this out. Look how this plays in. Everything just comes together with the word. Jesus was the only begotten son, which means he was the firstborn of creation, which means as the firstborn, he gets the birthright, right? And so he gets the father's blessing, and he gets the functions of the royal priesthood, and he gets the inheritance of the father, and he gets the authority of the father. And through him, the word says it's passed on to us. Somebody needs to take that on today and wear that. The, the blessings, the double portion, the authority was, was given to Jesus as the firstborn and passed on through us as his adopted children. Through him, you and I get it. The word says you and I are a royal priesthood. Somebody should get excited about this. I don't, I don't understand. See, Ephesians 1, it shows us the treasury of riches that are ours by birthright in Jesus. It it talks about every spiritual blessing. It talks about being adopted into God's family. It talks about the total acceptance by God in Jesus. It talks about redemption from our slavery to sin. It talks about true and total forgiveness. It talks about the riches of God's grace, the revelation and knowledge and the mystery of God's will. It talks about an eternal inheritance as well as the guarantee of the indwelling Holy Spirit. See, church, today you could desire the birthright and walk in it, or you could despise it, look down upon it. We could spend our lives following after present pleasures, or we could walk in the blessings of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And so what I want to do right now, I'm going to ask Pastor Gary to come. And as an elder, I want him to pray the Father's blessing on us. Can, can we do that? Can we just bow our heads for a moment? Actually, I'm going to ask you to stand right now. I believe that God is going to begin to do something, activate something in your life. 
that hasn't been activated before because there's power in the blessing. And and even before I speak the blessing, I want to stand in as a father and just break off. I, I break off you every word that was spoken over you by a father or a father figure or a spiritual father that you weren't good enough. Any word saying that that you're not smart enough, that you don't look good enough, I break those words off you right now in Jesus' name. I break every curse spoken over you. And I want to stand as a father right now. And I want to tell you that I bless you in Jesus' name. I I just bless your life. I decree over you that you walk in good health, that every part of your body is blessed. In Jesus' name, I I just want to speak blessing over your finances. I break every curse. I break the spirit of lack. Just receive that. I bless your finances to grow. I speak prosperity over you. For those of you who are single today, I bless your future mate right now. Even those of you who have given up and said it will never happen to you, I call it forth. I, I bless you to have a mate that treasures you, that values you. For those of you who are married, I, ble- I speak blessing over, over your home. I speak blessing over, over your marriage. I say there will be no division that nothing is going to tear you apart. I just bless your home to be filled with love and peace and joy. I bless you to be parents that would, that would be a representative of the true heart of God. And I just bless you. I bless the gifting that God has placed in you. And I call it out. I call it forth. In any way that you've been under spiritual leadership that, that has kept that gifting from coming forth, I just break the power of that. And I say that you will live out the destiny that God has for you. That every, every promise, everything that God has, in Jesus' name, I decree. I, I, I just release businesses. Some of you, you've been called to business. Some of you, you, you've been called to go back to school and you said, it can't happen to me. I bless that right now. I bless those of you who are called to ministry, that you will have great ministries that will even touch the nations. That, that you'll have greater ministries than we'll ever have. That you'll be better preachers than we'll ever be. That you'll have more opportunity, more open doors. I just just received the blessing of the Father right now. If you've never had a father, if you've been abandoned, I'm just standing in the gap right now. And I'm releasing, I'm unlocking everything that's died in you. Every dream, I say that it will live and not die. That you will grow. Just lift your hands to heaven. Begin to worship. 
Maybe you're far from the Father right now. Maybe you're like that prodigal son who took his birthright. He took all the money and he said, he said, I don't care about my father. I want to live how I want to live. And he took it and he ran. And he lived his own life till he had nothing. And then one day he decided to come home. And there was the father standing with arms wide open. And he ran to him and he kissed him. If that's you, the Lord's arms are wide open right now. Just come to Jesus if that's you. Come to the Father. He loves you. He doesn't judge you. He's not angry at you. He's not disappointed. He's just waiting. The Father's waiting with open arms. Let's just worship Him right now. Come into His presence. 